It's January and you know what that means. The weather is shit. It's dark at four o'clock. Dry January. Diets. Veganuary? No, even less fun than all of that. It means self-assessment tax return day is upon us. And this week we are tackling this very big subject of self-care around money. I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Laura Mishkun and this is Self Care Club. The advice for self-care today is endless and can be yet another overwhelming job for women. Every episode, we trial a different self-care practice, live it to the letter for a week and report back to you on the results. Will it actually improve your well-being or will it be another waste of your time? We test out self-care so you don't have to. Welcome to Self Care Club. Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about our Facebook group. It's called... Self-Care Clubbers. So if you're not already a member, jump onto Facebook, search for Self-Care Clubbers and come and be part of our community. Can't wait to see you there. The link is in the show notes. Financial self-care is a form of self-care that focuses on financial wellness, i.e. taking better care of ourselves financially. Don't fall asleep. You're talking to me. Talking to you and the listeners. This may not sound fun. It's not. But do you know what else isn't fun? Worrying about debt. Yeah. Paying bills. Yeah. And that's really stress. It's really not fun. No. It's not fun. You're right. It's not fun. Being under financial stress day after day can have a serious impact on your mental, physical and emotional health. It can lead to depression, insomnia, anxiety and headaches. And as your stress builds up, your relationships suffer, your blood pressure mounts and your immune system weakens. And it's easy to become trapped in a negative spiral when money worries take over. So if you want to develop a healthy financial habit and positive money mindset, you need to start taking care of your financial well-being. Being in control is going to help you feel less stressed and more empowered. Okay. All right, I'm in. Okay. I'm in. I've been a bit on the fence about this, haven't I? You have. Okay, I've been very on the fence about this. Financial stress makes us emotionally brittle. For many people, the emotional weight of finances exists even with only moderate debt and an okay credit score, says Melissa Pankos, the founder and CEO of The Beans, a financial care app created to help alleviate money-induced stress. In fact, according to a recent study from the American Psychological Association, 72% of Americans reported feeling stressed about money at some point during the last month. high. That's That's high. Enormously high. Finances are the number one cause of divorce in America. Wow. Jesus. They're a major predictor of heart disease and reduced outcomes for other illnesses. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Panko says, what's hard is we don't always know it's the money that's eating away at us. Or worse, we're so wired to avoid thinking about money that we blame our feelings on other things. Jesus. The first step towards better financial health is examining your own behavior when it comes to money. Example, is your debt keeping you up at night? Does a fleeting thought about your bank balance leave you irritable for the rest of the day? Yes. Lauren's nodding. Lauren is nodding. Sometimes I don't look at it because I know I'm already in a bad mood. And I think if I look at my bank balance, it's just going to put me in a worse mood and then I'm never going to get out of it. So it's total avoidance. Are you arguing with loved ones about money all the time? Financial trauma is a real actual thing. And if avoidance is your coping mechanism, then it's time to stop and tackle it. Just like looking after your physical and mental well-being, financial self-care is all about cultivating good habits that help you achieve your financial goals. Maybe you want to save money or budget better or manage your debts. Financial self-care is a way to take control of this stuff. When you prioritise good money management and build financial self-care into your routines, your well-being is also going to improve. Money can feel intimidating because many of us lack a basic financial education. It's unlikely you learned about money management in school and maybe your parents didn't sit you down and explain interest rates to you either. But you can teach yourself the basics. Knowledge is power and it's good to boost your financial literacy. Listen to financial or money related podcasts and do some research. Setting up your financial self-care routine can be as easy as talking openly about your financial issues instead of keeping them to yourself. And the good news is that in just 30 minutes a week, you can start to have a positive impact on your financial well-being. 
However you choose to set up your financial self-care routine, you'll start to notice results fast. And as always at Self Care Club, we like to get practical. Yes. Well, Lauren likes to get practical more than I do. I do. Very practical person. But it is very important. So here are some quick, easy tips on how to start. And I want, when we do these tips, I also want to know which ones you and I do already out of these things. Okay. Number one, check your bank balance regularly. Yes, yes, yes. Do you? I do. I never used to. Oh, really? This is a fairly new thing. Yeah. Do you do it on an app? Yeah. Okay. How else do you do it? I don't know. There used to be a whole login and or you could call. You would call the number and it would read you. Or you wait for your monthly statement. Your monthly Remember statement. Used to come through the post. Well, before the app, I would ring the bank and then it tells you your balance on the phone. An automated computer tells you your balance Maybe on the phone. Maybe that's why I've only started doing it recently. Because there's an app. Because I would never right. make the phone call. So most banks Easy. have Easy. an app. You can check your balance anytime on your phone. It's a, it's the best way to track your spending and to spot any irreg- irregular... Can I say that word today? irregularities or fraudulent transactions. According to research, only one in five of us check our accounts daily and 4% never check them at all. Yeah, I can believe that. I can believe that. Wow. So just take a few minutes, log into your account, scan your debits and your balances, make sure everything's healthy. Okay, great. Right, fine. We do that. That's fine. That's done. Tick. Create financial goals. Yeah. So inspiring goals are a great way to stay motivated. You're more likely to stay committed. Mm-hmm. Take 10 minutes to write down your short and long-term financial goals. Do you do this? I do not do this. I I haven't done it, but I've done something in our practice that is similar to this because our guest gave us a practice to do. No, but do you do this before this week? No, I okay. have never done this. So just be specific about what your financial goals are and how you're going to achieve them, whether you're aiming to pay off a student loan, put a deposit down on your first home, or just save for an amazing dress or a rainy day. Make sure your goals are specific and achievable within your set time frame. Okay. So that's quite a good one, actually, because if you've seen something in the shops, yeah, and like I know at the end of this year, we've got, we're hosting a big party. Yes. And I'm going to want a dress. I'm going you to want are. a nice dress. Yeah. So it has been in the back of my mind to start putting some money away for that nice dress. Okay. So that's a financial goal, right? Definitely. Okay. Okay. It doesn't have to be like a big, we're saving for a house or we're saving, you know, we're saving for private school fees or it doesn't have to be a big thing. You know what? Christmas was such a an expense this year because my husband's birthday is also the week before Christmas so I have that plus Christmas that's every year it's every year it's the same date every year because you said Christmas was expensive this year well no I don't know why but it felt particularly expensive this year I know why so I just decided that it would be a good idea if I just put away 10 pounds a week this whole year in a separate account by Christmas I'd have a whole pot of money that I wouldn't really miss because it's just 10 pounds a week but I have this big pot for Christmas and it wouldn't be such a stress. So that was sort of my financial goal for this year. So that's brilliant. Yeah. Maybe we should both do that and then we'll both have £520. I'll have that spent on a lovely dress. And I'll have it to put towards Christmas. Yeah. I think we should do that. I think we should do that. Okay. Number three, know your income and your monthly outgoings and keep tabs on them. Make a monthly inventory so you know exactly what is coming in and coming out. I know it's boring. I know it's boring, but, but it's obviously so, of course it's so necessary. Do you do this? I have done it before. No, I haven't. Do you do it? I don't do it right now because I know the answer, but I have done it. And um, we did it when we were having, well, a long time ago, but we did it when we were having our first baby because we needed to plan for the nursery and buy all the furniture and know what was going in, what was going out, what my maternity pay was going to be. So we have sat down oh, and okay. done this. Well, that was 18 years ago. It was. <laughs> um, there ago. are loads and loads of... Sure your of... finances have changed since then. Thank God. Um, there are loads of apps that can help you with this. Um, you need to include every penny of your income and every penny of spending, including oh, you see your that. daily that, coffee. I, I just can't deal with that. I know. Um, look at ways you can reduce that. the small outgoings that over the course of a month really build up. List all your debts. Include all the payment dates so you don't fall behind. Look at your credit card bill. Take a long, hard look at your spending habits and your triggers. Are you an impulse spender? Do you spend when you're miserable? Do you? Yeah. You do? Yeah, I do. If what you see isn't particularly favourable, don't be hard on yourself. Just try to start taking control of your money and find ways to get back on track. So that, I think, is the hardest one of all of them. Why? 
Because there's a lot in there and I think a lot of people don't want to look at their spending habits. It just makes me feel so uncomfortable. It's like a visceral reaction. Why it's does terrible. it? Why does it make you feel uncomfortable? Because you don't want to look at it. <sighs> I don't want to change it. I definitely don't want to look at it. But then I think, but why? It's not like it's so... I, I don't have debt. You're not I mean, gambling. No, I mean, we have a mortgage and stuff, but I don't have... I'm not gambling. I don't have credit cards. I'm not like... There isn't owed money everywhere that I don't know about. There, mm. There's none of that going on. I don't know. It's very odd. Mm. Okay. You can create a budget. Yep. Yes, it sounds very boring, but mm. trust us or oh, Lauren, it will do more good than watching another episode of Emily in Paris on Netflix. It's so rubbish. Emily in Paris. It's crap. I actually can't get through it. I stopped. Okay. So create a budget. Um, yeah. Make sure you include all expenses, travel, utilities, subscriptions. Yes. Rent slash mortgage, insurance for your car, pet food even. Try and automate all your payments on a direct debit and look at paying monthly rather than annually for bigger bills. Why? Yeah. Does that save you money? Yeah. Well, no, sometimes it's cheaper if you actually like pay Martin it Martin Lewis. I'm like, sack Martin you. Lewis here. Sometimes you do get money off if you pay it all in one go. But if you're trying to budget and try and keep things even every month, it might be easier for you to do it monthly. Look, there are lots of budgeting apps. Loads, loads, to help. loads, loads. So yeah. make sure you you're try not, them. You, have, you have to do it alone, basically. Or, or, or take our word for it. No. Yeah. Um, and only borrow when you can afford to. Yes. That's point number five. Credit cards and loans can impact your credit score and give you a full sense of how much you actually have make sure you read all of the small print i mean who does that but make sure you do and understand exactly what you will be paying back and make sure your repayments you keep your repayments up and make them on time now this is a sticky point it is in for me in particular and i think lots of women of our age and there was a very interesting chat that mother pucker did uh with a woman who got herself into horrendous credit card debt and there was a time when they were desperately trying to give you store cards do you remember all the store cards yeah top shop house yeah. of fraser all of those yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. i definitely age 18 was in that spiral because you would go in you're 18 you see the trousers you buy the trousers you stick them on the house of fraser card the top shop card well you don't really think about shit i've got a pay that back and I managed to rack myself up a nice little chunk of did debt you? yeah did I you? really did number six focus on getting rid of debt debt is likely part of your life but it can also cause a lot of worry and I definitely did experience that when I was younger and it's horrible thanks to interest charges debt can mount and it can be hard to pay off and it's not a fun cycle so when you do have some extra money that you might want to spend on a new outfit or a weekend away, you could use some of it to pay off some debt and be a step closer to eliminating some money stress from your life. Getting rid of debt can be a key aspect of financial self-care and it can boost your peace of mind. Spend in alignment with your core values and your personality. I like this. Yes. Ensure you are spending money on a life you truly want and not what you think you want. If you are feeling as if you can't compete with other people's lifestyles, it may be that your comparison framework is skewed. So unfollow people or brands on social media that make you feel less than and stop watching reality TV that makes you feel like you are somehow deprived. What, so like when the Real Housewives are living in their 18 bedroom mansions and then they just go shopping and then they go skiing in Aspen and then and they, they will buy show them in a shop what, what they're spending. $10,000 yeah. ring in the yeah. shop in Aspen. Does that make yeah. you feel deprived? No, I love it. It Do doesn't you? make me feel deprived at all. I just think it is so ridiculous because it's just a di completely different world which is just so not part of my world and I just I love the vulgarity of it I do just watching it I do I find it glamorous and ridiculous and silly and it's just escapism but can you see why other women maybe younger girls might see totally. it and feel like but that's like seeing a a skinnier girl in a bikini and comparing yourself to her it's the yeah. same thing yeah isn't it yeah um it, it can be a very empowering mindset to adopt, to just spend in alignment with your core values and personality. Economists used to think that all pounds are worth the same, meaning a pound spent on a book is the same as a pound spent on a concert. But new research says that that's not true. If you're a bookworm, then obviously you're going to get much more joy from the book than you would the concert. So spend yeah. according to the things that you want and the things that bring you joy like for example let's just give this a bit of context 
if you my gym membership is very expensive yeah right it's probably it's the most expensive outgoing i have every month yeah but obviously i love it and it, i go every day and it brings so much to my life well it's like the key to your self care yes it really it is. Absolutely is so if you were spending that money yeah. on the on the same gym yeah am i going am i actually turning up or no am but I just you would really it? resent spending oh my that money God. and also wouldn't go right so and i don't i yeah. love it so yeah. that's what it's talking about spending yeah. a corner store and by the way this gym is more expensive than most other gyms and it's not because i like throwing money away but it's because i get so much from it yeah. so even if i went and spent I think it's eighty pounds cheaper to go to the David Lloyd, which mm. is a wow. health club, and that, you've got a spa, and you've got yeah, yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, so you get a lot more for your money, mm. but yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, so basically, you are recognizing what your money can do for you, rather than feeling deprived, rather than feeling oh my god, that's going out of my account every month, that's a big chunk. You're like, wow, this is great because my money can pay for this gym membership, and that gives me so much pleasure and joy and is my self-care and is what I do yeah and I feel so grateful that I can go there yeah yeah totally. and then the last point and we're going to do this unpack your own money myths and triggers and improve your money mindset you could work with a money coach to keep you accountable and that is what we did this week which you're going to hear about today and in Sunday's show so to yeah. assist us with this we needed to we needed an expert on this one and we enlisted the help of Daniel Mangena. Daniel is an international speaker, best-selling author, broadcaster and coach. He's a total badass. He is best known for his highly successful Micro to Millions program, being the author of Stepping Beyond Intention and his Do It With Dan and Beyond Success podcast. He is completely self-made and has spent decades perfecting his world-class coaching methodology. His mission statement is to spearhead an evolutionary uplift in universal consciousness by awakening people to the importance of their unique role and enabling them to manifest their dream life. Named in the Wall Street Journal as Master of Success and listed as one of the top 10 life coaches to watch out for in 2021. Daniel also offers coaching and consultations in groups and in one-on-one -on -one sessions and each of these sessions honours his mission and helps his clients find abundance, meaning and joy in their lives and this is what he had to say. Well, I am delighted to welcome my friend, Dan McGenna, on to the Self Care Club. I mean, this has been a long time coming, so welcome finally to the show. Okay, let's start with the, with the, with the biggest question. What does a healthy yes. relationship around money look like and feel like and smell like and taste like? <laughs> so I've got a, a concept that I speak about called bleed theory, B-L-E-E-D, bleed. And, and what I basically postulate is that we can treat things as separate, but really they're all the same. And so I would say rather than trying to create a different relationship with money, let's just treat money as we would want to relate to anything. And when we want to relate to something, I'd always say, how would you want it to, to treat you and treat it the same way? And so when we start to look at how we relate to money on a day-to-day -day basis, do you complain about it? Or are you grateful for it? Do you treat it lovingly? Do you try and hog it and hoard it? Like what's the relationship that you actually treat it? And if it was a person, how would it feel about the way that you treat it? Because at the end of the day, we always get treated ultimately how we treat others. Okay. We very rarely see our own stuff, right? That's one of the reasons why it's so important to have a coach, to have people around you that hold you accountable, to have people around you that can see things you can't. I would say we've never seen our own backside. We've never actually seen our own face. Right now, we are looking at reflection of our face. We're not seeing the actual thing. We're seeing a yeah. picture of it that's reflecting back and the light. So we've never seen our own face. We've never seen our own backside. And yet we propose that we're going to see all the little intimate details of what's going on inwards. What's the, what's the problem? Why man, money isn't just manifesting itself into their world? Uh, because they think that money's just going to manifest into their world. I think it was probably the number one bullshit idea that has people stuck in a world where money's not showing up for them. I mean... I, I'll tell you this quick story. I love to tell this one because it makes me laugh all the time. I was on Instagram and I need you to listen to the details of this because it's the, the funniness is there. I was on Instagram and an ad came up that said, how to find your ideal clients without using Instagram. On Instagram, someone's telling me that my ideal clients can be found without using Instagram. And this kind of 
ridiculous deceptive approach is something that we see all of the time because all even when you look time. at the all the time the nonsensical idea that money shows up out of nowhere without you doing anything for it how did that idea come to you someone ran an ad someone wrote a book someone did a podcast someone made a film someone moved through time and space and took action to tell you give me 997 or 47 dollars or whatever and i'll teach you the magical formula about why you don't need to do anything for money to just show up for you then why are they sitting around letting money just come to them it's absolute bullshit money doesn't just come up it's the product of exchanging value with people if you've got a job you're exchanging your time and energy for people to give you money if you have a business you're exchanging goods and services for people to give you money if you have a sugar daddy, you're exchanging goods and services for someone to give you money. Always there is an exchange of some sort or, you know, you've exchanged the risk of you going to jail by going to steal money from the bank. But there's always an exchange that happens. And when people are, held, are holding on to this idea, they're then actually held back from actually taking the actions that might get them to a place where they might actually have some bloody money. It reminds me of that joke. About the man who on a Monday wanders down the road saying, oh, God, oh, God, please, please let me win the lottery. And on Tuesday, mm. he's eating his dinner. Dear God, dear God, please let me win the lottery. And on Wednesday, he gets into bed. Dear God, dear God, please let me win the lottery. And then by the Saturday, God answers him. Brian, buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. It's real. So what things are going on for people that's preventing them from bringing money into their lives? What beliefs are people holding that's holding them back? Unworthiness is the biggest one I've seen in the people that we've worked with. It's like, I've seen people, they come in and you know, really struggling or even like really stuck somewhere. And then one day something just magical happens. Like we've had people become millionaires overnight. We've had people just crack the code and we get financial freedom. And it's like, what happened? And in exploration and discussion, I always find that the common thread amongst them is they just finally realise they're worthy of it. That was it. She's just, just for the that record, Nicole Goodman's just elbowed me. Yeah. Elbowed me. Yeah, because that's... that's it was more of a shoulder bow, like a shoulder <laughs> bow, like a double dip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when you said cracked yeah, the, the code, you said something very yeah. magical and important there. They they finally mm -hmm. cracked the code. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. It means that I think one of the things that we do is we overcomplicate the journey to getting somewhere new. We get so caught up in what's the latest sexy thing that I need to find? What's the next book that I need to read? What's the next retreat that I need to go to? What's the new whatever that I need to learn, language or whatever? When really, like, it is really as simple as, do I have a deep desire for it? Do I know what it is? Can I feel it in my body? Can I feel worthy of it? Can I see it in my mind? And then am I available to take the action? If we just follow that simple formula, things always, if, if we look at everything that's shown up for us in our life, we'll say generally, we took an action, we made a choice, we were somewhere in time and space that made us available to it, good and bad, right? Then in order to do that, we had to actually have the availability in our mind for it to be possible because the reticular activating system in the brain literally stops you seeing stuff you don't think is possible for you. How many of you know the person's always complaining about, I can never find a good man, I can never find a good woman, and like they've got like a best friend or something that's like perfect for them, but they go, oh, no, not, not Bob, not Sally, because they can't see it. There's like, a, there's like a switch that goes off. And the same thing happens with financial opportunities too. Either they won't see the opportunity or they'll look at it and they'll have excuses and stories as to why, oh, no, that's not for me or that's not going to work or that will only happen. I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm too this. I'm too that. Blah, blah, blah. So we, we create all these stories, create all these narratives, we create all these over complicated blocks. Like block. But if we just came back to the simple formula of can I, can I, can I, do I know what it is that I want? Can I choose it with, with, with commitment and certainty? Can I feel connected to it? Can I believe it's possible for me? And am I ready to take the action that's going to bring it in? And you have. Or how do you have a good relationship with money and a good attitude mm -hmm. towards money if you just don't have any? I would say that the two are probably linked. Ooh. You probably don't have any because you don't have the attitude of it. Okay. And how, that's what and I would how, say. Okay. I, I mean, that's just, you know, the people that are listening are just like, fuck off. No. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah, that's probably. Well, that's really polarizing because it's really exposing to think that yeah. oh, actually it's my attitude and it's my fault that I, I've got this situation with 
my finance. I wouldn't say it's my fault. I'd say it's my responsibility. And I think this is one of the things that gets people in a place where they don't take the action to fix things because they're so used to blaming other people, places and things. The second that a light shines back, that same negative energy that they're projecting to other people, they feel it back on themselves. That makes them feel icky and then they get stuck versus what if I wasn't making this about blame? I was actually stepping into the beauty of having the ability to respond, the responsibility to create something different. Because ultimately, and this is one of my teachings, it's called common denominator theory. And what it basically invites us to do is to look at this very simple idea. There is only one thing that's been present in every single experience in your life. Only one. You. Even if you've got an identical twin that's been there since the moment you popped out of your mum, right? They're not there all of the time. And even if they're there physically, they're not there mentally. The only thing that's present in every single moment of your life is you and the consciousness that you've got in your mind. So rather than even making it about responsibility, let's just go to logic. If I want to create a change, the most effective place for me to create a change that's going to reverberate into every area of my life is the area that is in every area of my life. And that's me. So Dan, you're going to give us our practice of the week. Yes. What are we going to do to practice sort of self-care around money, money manifesting? You are the boss for the week. You tell us and we shall abide. Okay. I I really feel like giving you two. Okay. Okay. One physical and one emotional. Okay. Okay. All right. So one you're probably going to need to do once and one you can do every day. Okay. So the one I'm going to invite everyone to do the once is to sit down and design their ideal life and then work out what it costs. Oh. Like do research, have fun with it. So we do this with, don't make the face, Nicole. When I say work out what it costs, it's because I'll tell you really, really super duper difficult. Not budget. We're not budgeting. We're shopping for our future life. Oh, you like it's that, shopping, don't you? Oh, I can do shopping. Okay. Yeah, we're shopping. I shopping. Okay. So I had, I had a client who came to me. She, she did my Ideal Life Blueprint Um I had a program, I don't do it as a program now, we've got a workshop that we we share the repay of. But I said, how much do you need to live your ideal life? She says, I'm never going to be financially free then. I said, well, she goes, I need, I need, I need a hundred thousand a month to be financially what? free. So what the dick is do you need a hundred thousand for? She goes, oh, she started listing all this stuff. I was like, dude, just stop. Go out and do this sixes. And I gave her this exercise. She came back. She said, oh my God, I thought I need a hundred thousand a month. Guess how much she actually needed to live her very best fucking life, best life. Three point five a month. What? What? Three and a half grand a month. Yeah. No. What did yep, she need? That's what it was. It was. Th- it was three and a half grand a month. There you go. Yeah. How do you do that? Because I'm weird like that. Yeah, she is so weird. How do you do that? I'm just built like that. Tuned in. <laughs> tuned in. Tuned in. But the point being, the point being, and and it's probably not going to be that drastic a, a reduction, but a lot of people are having this idea that the life that they want to live and the way that they want to live their life is so far away yes, because yes. it's just these I numbers that haven't like, been I thing like i do so sit down and shop for your best life as you do the shop shop for you not what other people say not what all the latest fads are like really tune in i want to have a nice car what nice car go and do some test driving Go and have a look. What makes it set your heart on fire? Do that once and work out and you'll probably find that the, the life that you want isn't as far away as you as you think it is. So that's yeah. the singular exercise. Okay, love that. Love it. And, <laughs> and the other practice I'd love for people to do in the morning, uh, just after you wake up, is to take a few deep breaths in and just get really excited about the life that you're going to have that day. Don't say how much money it's going to cost or what your financial situation is to start off the day really really excited about the day that you're going to have i've got an affirmation mm. that i found to be really powerful mm-hmm. something wonderful and pleasurable is going to show up today i'm excited to notice it and see what it will be i'll send oh. it to you i'll send it to you send it to us okay i'll send it to you okay. so i say that every morning it's one of the things i say before, and then at night guess what i do in my journal i write down i i do my gratitude but i specifically identify at least one thing that honored the intention I set for the morning. Like, so I'm grateful for the amazing day that I set up. I'm grateful for the challenges and ways that they may have made me stronger or whatever the, the other debris wants it is. But then I say, what is something pleasurable that showed up today that I was excited to notice and see what it was? And I write it down. So start of the day 
excited about the day that will be, end the day with gratitude and look for at least one thing that you were, you didn't know what the exciting thing was, was going to be, but just end it off with that. And I, I think you were money, my exciting thing. Just thinking that. You were my exciting and pleasurable thing for the day. Thank you. And that's it. Fucking charming. <laughs> You're every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's what we're going to do this week. And and that is going to get <laughs> us into the mindset of how to bring more abundance in financially more abundance i mean because the thing is abundance isn't just money abundance is your relationships your vitality your 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 your, your joy levels all of that is there it's not one dimensional and if you start off the day excited not attaching to any one of those things and allowing all of it to come in then all of it can be any one of them could be the rising tide that lifts all the boats will you come back on our epilogue show on friday and give our listeners a challenge of the week yes Great. Yes. We will speak will. to you. We will speak to you. And if people want to get hold of you and do mm-hmm. the quiz and learn about you and get some <laughs> coaching, where do they come to? Dreamwithdan.com. Easiest place to find me and everything. Dreamwithdan.com. Okay. That is perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to be part of this synchronous, mystical, magical connection vortex thing. You're welcome. We don't let just anyone in, you know. No, we don't. So, with all of this in mind... So much. I very begrudgingly had to try it out. Yeah. How did you feel going into the week, Lauren? Well, I felt good going into the week because a bit like rabbing, but this is not vagina-based. Hey! (laughs) This is a show I have wanted to do for a long, 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 long time because it is not particularly sexy, But it is particularly important. The thing I found most interesting about this week is when we were preparing to interview Dan, you started writing some questions for him. We were both writing some questions. And on the on the Google Drive with the questions, you wrote one of my least favorite subjects. And then you put questions. I don't think you've ever done that before. You like wrote down your kind of resistance to this whole week. And I found that very interesting. Because you never do that. No, I don't do that. It is interesting. So what? What? why is it your least favourite subject? I have a belief that I am very bad with money. And actually, I only questioned that belief when I said that to you. And it was the look on your face that made me see, because you looked confused. You're like, you're not bad with money. And I thought, oh, no, that's just, I think, a story. I've been telling myself that I'm bad money because I'm not. I've never had any credit cards. I've never been in debt, like I said, apart from my mortgage. I never owe anyone money, like my sister, the odd 20, 30 quid here and there when we buy tickets or something for each other. I'm actually not bad with money. I don't spend more than what I earn. I think I can be quite frivolous with spending, but that doesn't mean I'm bad with money. Okay. Because I, I would say, historically, I have been very bad with money. I did run up a... a real nice big chunk of chunk of debt and the reality of that situation is I was really only able to get out of it because eventually I got married and my husband kind of absorbed that debt into our household bills and everything else otherwise I probably would be in prison now I wouldn't be in prison but but I would she's on the run that's it I'm on the run um you know I I learned the hard way is is what I would say interesting I I was very frivolous with money and I've also always told myself the story that I'm terrible with numbers and I'm bad with money and I don't know how to count and everyone around me feeds that to me as well. But ironically, when you and I set everything up, I deal with all the finances. And what the fuck is that about? I'll tell you exactly what that's about. You just don't want to. I don't want to. Right. And I have a total avoidance when it comes to managing money. Okay. And it does, and it's not because I'm bad at it, which no, I've only, which you're I've, not. but I've only realised that this week, because you have, as Dan was saying, you have these stories, these unconscious stories that run in the back of your mind, yeah, and then that dominates how you behave right. around something or how you relate to something, right? So I'm constantly relating to the fact that I'm bad with money, but I'm I'm not bad. You ran with a money. business. I for ran a years, business for decades. Yeah, 
And it was your business alone. So you were yeah. dealing with all the money. Yeah. So you can't be but bad it, but, with money. But then, but then it, and here's another thing that, you know, you could pick to pieces. I'm going to say, but it was easy because there was money, there was always money coming in. It was always a very fluid business and my overheads were relatively low. Mm. But then that means I was running a good business. Correct. Yeah. So again, but that's the story of, oh no, that didn't count because that was easy. Right. So there's something about me thinking that earning money has to be hard. Okay. So I've also, because we've both been self-employed, so I've also been self-employed for the last 16, 17 years and also running my own little micro business, being a dealer. So yes, I've also been in charge of the money coming in and the money coming out. And also, ironically, with my dealer partner, I dealt with the finances. Now, that's odd because I... I would think of myself as actually quite irresponsible and bad with money, but that also can't be true because I've managed well, to you're do not, all this. Well, you're not, I'll tell you why you're not irresponsible with money. I totally trust you. Yeah. And so it's not like you always say, we've got no money in the account. And I'm like, well, how can, hold on, we had like 500 pounds there. How can they not be, that oh, doesn't yeah, happen. Here's my new jumper now. <laughs> <laughs> What's that new handbag you're carrying it's around? It's from Prada. Yeah. Do you like it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think maybe we should stand here, right here, right now and claim that we are good with money. I, I think I'm going to claim that I am now responsible with money. How about oh, that? Oh, that's beautiful. Can we high five that? Yes, I am. I am. I am responsible with money. Yeah. I love it. That well, feels good, right? That does feel good. That feels a lot better. And I feel a lot more empowered saying that than just dripping along in this, oh, she's so bad at maths and she's so bad at this. So so my, so this is interesting. This is just coming to me now. My uh, belief of I am bad with money mm -hmm. makes me avoid dealing with money. Of course it does. So that is why you deal with all the money because right. of that initial thought of I am bad with money so I don't trust myself with money. But now that I have uncovered that that is actually not true, Actually, I can't. I am very responsible with money because I'm a responsible adult and I don't have to leave it all to you. And also, I would never, ever be worried if it was you dealing with it. Not, It wouldn't even cross my mind to be worried. But I it also feel the I'd same. I'd be like, she's completely responsible. Everything will be fine. I don't need to worry about yes, it. Yes, but that's how I feel about you. Okay. Well, that's good. That's, that's good. Okay, this is my next question. Were you ever taught anything at school about finances? No. Or money? No. My dad... I, I learned from my dad. Right, so you were taught at home? I was taught at home. Okay. And he would say, um, my, my parents always had their own shops. Mm -hmm. So back then they had fabric shops and it was people paid in cash. Yeah. So at the end of every Saturday, they would do the takings. Sure. They would do the banking yeah. and the takings and it would be all over their bed. Right. In their double bed and they yeah. would be counting the money and yeah. I would sit there and I'd have to put all the tens together and all the ones together and all the fives together and they would be counting the takings yep. every week. Mm -hmm. And then we would all like box it up and mm -hmm. then it would go into the bank. Mm -hmm. So I used to watch that every yeah. week, right? Um, so there were certain things that were passed down without me even realising. And my dad always said, never, ever leave the house without money. In your pocket? Yeah. I mean, right. now it's different because I've yeah. always got my phone on me. So yeah. I pay with Apple Pay. But I honestly, even if I go and pick my kids up for t two seconds down the road, I've always make sure I've got my access to money. Ollie away. always says the same. He's like, I cannot believe you walk around. Just always have 30 quid in your wallet. Just always have it. I'm like, I never have. He's like, you never have cash on you. But you don't need cash now. I know, but maybe in an emergency. I don't know. He's like, it just, he said it annoys me that you just don't have it in your wallet. You don't even need to spend it, but just have it there. Maybe it's a male thing. I don't know what that is. I think it's really solid advice. Yeah, it's probably just solid, isn't it? It yeah. is solid, yeah. I was taught nothing at school, which I wish I had been. And I actually cannot understand why it's not a very basic part of the curriculum. Because there is absolutely no child in any school who isn't going to go out into the world and have to not deal with money. Or a household budget. Anything. Teach the kids, please. Yeah. Um, how, to, how to pay a bill. Right. I was taught nothing um, at school. My parents... That's actually... It's, it's a disgrace, right? It is, but but you'll sit there and you'll talk about the Battle of Hastings. I mean, how is that going to help you in life unless you become a historian? When they're doing all the talks in the PHSE about consent and about life and about how to go out into the world and manage yourself and your relationships, add money into that. I mix, agree. Please. I agree. I agree. Like, and obviously, your son has done schooling, and so he was never taught it at school. It's not just because 
We're going on our experience. Oh, you're talking about my one who's finished school? Yeah. No, he was never taught it. No, that's disgusting. And, and actually, I'll tell you the, the upshot of that. He phoned me this week because he's going to move out of his halls and be renting his own place in the second year at university. And he called me because he's having to deal with going to see estate agents and putting down deposits and adult finance yeah. stuff. Yeah. And he said, um, the landlord of this place, he wants a cheque. I said, a check. So weird, like it so sounds so old fashioned. Yeah. And he said, Mum, how do I get a checkbook? And I don't even know how to write a check. And I thought, well, of course you don't, because not really no one does checks anymore. But also, I, I would, said, right. I would question that. Go, that sounds a bit you odd. You go to the bank and da da da. So I had to talk him through it. And I thought, God, I've got a lot of, uh, there's a lot on my head here and Ollie's had to teach him responsibly. So I have made sure, because my parents also didn't teach me a lot. Things were drip fed, but not a lot. So when Max started his first job, football coaching and also babysitting, I said, whatever you earn this week, next week, even if it's very little, I want you to put 10% of that into your savings account. It's really funny. We had the same conversation with our kids because they got given a bit of money at Christmas mm. and my dad gives them pocket money mm -hmm. once a month. Mm -hmm. And I said to Adam, we need to start teaching them to put half of it into savings and half of it they can spend mm -hmm. so they always know that so so they so they get it into their minds when they're adults that they save it and spend it you yeah. know so it works so honestly we had that conversation about two weeks ago before all this show came up yeah it, i think it's really important otherwise they don't have and my kids at the moment don't have any value for money but that's on me it's no, on they, they have no understand no and also concept. because they yeah. don't see it yes my dad gives them cash but that mm. is literally the otherwise we put money on their Go Henry. Yeah. And they, they go into their app on their Go Henry and they see how much they've got. And if they've got enough for lunch, great. And if they haven't, they call up dad and say, Dad, can you put a tenner in my account? But they don't physically handle they don't the money. the value of money. And it's funny because when they've got the cash, they don't like to spend it. Mm. And I think that's because it's a it's visual real. representative of money. And it's theirs. It's not yeah. come out of your pocket. Yeah. So it's real. It's real. Both my kids, the older two, had Go Henrys. And actually, I was really pleased with both of them because they did that. You can spend and save. So you can put in a little budget on there to save up to, an amount to save up to. So they both did that. So they had a little bit that they spent and a little bit that they saved. And then obviously when they got older, they went on to just a normal current account. I had to get them a card and trust them with it. And I had already set up a savings account and a current account for both of them. And I had to have these very clear discussions of like, if you spend that, it's gone. Yeah, It's not magically replaced yeah. Yeah. at the bunk of mum and dad. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's done. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a tough one that, isn't it? Yeah. It, and it feels very, there's a big responsibility. Huge. Around it. Okay, so let's go into our weeks. Okay, do you want to go first? I'll go first, yeah. Talk about synchronicity. My sister bought me a ticket for Christmas to go and see Gabby Bernstein live in London. And that was last night, which was the day after we'd spoken to Dan talking about abundance, money mindset, manifesting, getting into a space where you prevent blocks. And guess what? Gabby Bernstein was talking all about the same thing because that's what she does. So the message is coming in, you know? The message is coming in from the universe to stop blocking myself, open myself up to possibility, stop with these stories that are holding me back and preventing me from having what I truly want and to be okay with having what I truly want and wanting what I truly want. I mean, it's all so mucky and so messy and the thing is, if you don't uncover it, you'll never be free of it. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to uncover it so I can be free of it and I can live an abundant life. But then in the back of my mind, I think, but you already live an abundant life. You see, that's something that, but it, that's hold, that holds me back. Yes, I do. But what's wrong with wanting more? What's wrong with wanting? What's wrong with having everything that we want? That is a question that keeps coming up for me. Mm. What, what is wrong with wanting more? Because sometimes I feel so shameful about it. Because I feel like it's greedy. Greedy. But it isn't. It's okay. And mm. I like that Dan uncovered that. And actually, it's a block. Mm. It's a block because I do have enough. Of course I have enough. I have a beautiful home. I have food on the table. Mm. I have go on one to two holidays. Like mm. I have a lovely, mm. lovely lifestyle. Mm. Love. I want for nothing. Mm. 
And yet I still want more. And it's about getting okay with wanting to earn more. Because interesting, because I, I would say was your whole not interest in wanting to do the show, not wanting to look at money and not wanting to do that because it's not something you're interested in or it's something that bores you or it's not something you're engaged in. But that's also not true because you're also sitting here saying, yes, I do want more. I do want abundance. I am interested. Yeah, it's an edge. Yeah. That's, do you think it's that's like what it needs guilt? Yeah. Is it guilt? I don't want to look at it because if I look at it, I'm going to say... I want more and I shouldn't feel like I want more because I have enough. So there was this woman who went on stage because Gab uh, Gabby Bernstein and she did a, uh, she, she coached like six people mm -hmm. on stage. And there was one woman that went up and she said, oh, I'm an author. I've got a book coming out and I've got a podcast. And she talks about leadership, women's leadership. Right. And she was really charismatic and full of life and you just loved her immediately. And she said, um, I know this book's going to do well but I'm blocking it because it's making me really uncomfortable. So Gabby Bernstein starts coaching her. Why does it make you feel uncomfortable? She says, I don't want anyone else to, I don't want it to make anyone else feel uncomfortable, especially my peers. Right. So she's worried about getting too big for her own boots. So she's diminishing herself mm. so that other people don't feel uncomfortable around her shining light or around her brilliance. Mm. And I think that's something I think it's very subconscious, but mm -hmm. it really struck a chord in me. And look, I remembered it and I'm bringing mm -hmm. it here. Mm -hmm. And then Gabby Bernstein totally reframed it and said, well, what if you shine so bright that you teach others how to walk their own path? Mm. And that whole thing about just because you shine brightly, it doesn't mean you dim anyone else's light. Like you don't need to. It was it was amazing. Mm. So I think there's a there's a bit of that mm. going on. OK. Okay. Um, next voice note. The weirdest thing happened. Tonight at dinner, Adam and I were having a conversation that we owed someone £186 and I asked him if he took it out to the bank to give it to them and he said, yes, I did. And then the bill came because we were sat in a restaurant. I'm not joking, the bill came 30 seconds later and guess how much the bill was? 186 pounds. Now, I don't know what that means, but it's weird. It was a weird coincidence. And I, I would love to know what you think of that, Lauren. I think that's quite a hefty restaurant bill. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. Well, it wasn't just the two of us at dinner, so by the way. <laughs> so it was basically a bit sort of what Dan was saying about... It, it it's in, energy it, flow. It, it, yeah, it's energy flow about paying. What comes in is what goes out. How you deal with bills is how the way you expect bills to be paid. So was it? Yes. A, so was it a sign of like, here is your restaurant bill. You are you should be and are expected to pay that immediately. But you owed that same money, but you paid it late. Well, he didn't pay it no, late. Well, but no, but what's interesting is he always pays it late. Okay. And so I had to check in with him, say you did pay that, didn't you? Yeah. Because you always pay her late. And he said, no, I did it immediately. And then the bill came in for the restaurant. Right. Which obviously had to be paid immediately. So it's, so it's about energy. I think so. Amazing. I think so. Anyway, then we had a discussion about um, Dan wanted us to write down our dream life. Yeah. And so it was Sunday morning and Adam came downstairs and I was looking up, you know, I'm going to go for it. Right. I'm looking at holiday homes mm -hmm. in Israel. Nice. Okay. That's what I'm doing. Mm hmm. Holiday houses, excuse me, palatial mm. houses in Israel. In Jerusalem, in Tel Aviv, wherever the hell I want it good to luck, be. Good luck, because they're very expensive. What do you mean good luck? This is dream life. Okay, they're very expensive. Dream life. Okay, dream big. He said, go shopping. Yeah. I went shopping. Okay. So Adam comes downstairs and he can see me on the computer. He goes, what are you doing? What are you shopping for? And I'm like, <laughs> <Our> house. <laughs> a holiday home. <laughs> he, just, he just burst out yeah. laughing, right? Anyway, so I said, you know what? Let's do this together. Let's build our dream life together. And actually, what transpired was it wasn't so dissimilar mm -hmm. to, to where mm -hmm. we're at. We decided mm -hmm. we wouldn't really want to move house. We're mm -hmm. very happy with where we are. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a couple of other things. And when I say a couple of other things that aren't that big, mm. like I'd like a Peloton okay. in my house. Right. I don't need one. I've got a gym membership. I would just like it there 
if there's the odd day where I can't be bothered to go out, I would like a housekeeper. Mm-hmm. I would like a holiday home. Mm-hmm. And I would like one extra holiday a year. Mm. I mean, those are lovely things, but they're not crazy things. They're not so outlandish, yeah. are they? No. That's what he was saying. Once you write it down, you'll realise it might not be so far removed from yeah. where you're at. Yes. Um, so that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And it was a really, really enjoyable exercise. We couldn't quite decide on whether we wanted it in Israel mm-hmm. or whether we wanted it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So we're still we're still in We're motion. still shopping. But did you manage to pluck a figure? Yes. Right. Okay. And so and that felt like, yeah, if it was that, that, that that's where we that's where we would be good. That's what would be dreamy. Yes. Okay. It's okay. Good. Not, it's not small. Not okay. Gonna, and I'm not comfortable saying it. No, fine. So um, but that's interesting in itself. Yeah. That I'm not comfortable saying it. Yeah. Be- and the reason I'm not comfortable saying it is because I think people listening will judge, well, why does she want all that? And they're not. That's my own judgment. It's my own judgment of myself, of this this beast of... Yeah, but I feel the same. ...wanting the same. more. The, yeah. the, the, the questioning of why do you... Well, you're not entitled to more. You're not worthy of more. Or you've got enough. Or be grateful. That voice. And whilst gratitude is vitally important, it is, but still. Anyway, here's my final voice note. I've just had a light bulb moment. So I've been thinking about my narrative around Adam earning more money than me and how that's become a comfort zone. It's not that I'm okay with Adam earning more money than me. I'm okay and happy with Adam managing our finances. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to earn the same, if not more, than him. So it's about management. It's not about earning potential. Sorry, she I was, says in the middle of the motorway. I was, I was on. It was in the woods. Actually, I was on a dog walk. Sorry, that was a bit of a bad audio. Um, it was this light bulb moment that. It's not about earning potential. It's not that I'm happy for him to earn more than me, but because that's the narrative that's been in my head. He's always going to earn more than me. And that's just the way it is. It's about I'm happy with him managing our finances because I trust him and he's really responsible and he's really great at just just managing our household budget. And he will always do it much better than me because he's much more thorough as a person. Um, and I got that totally caught up in in earning potential it was all very mucky yeah and i feel like I i've started to separate it now mm. Mm. okay it's interesting very isn't it? very so i'll say more in summary so but that was my week okay lots, wow, there's lots, a lot there's a lot, lot in there yeah there is a lot in there and it will go on and on but it's the beginning of and i'm very grateful to dan for highlighting where my subconscious mm. um narratives are mm. and actually they really need challenging mm now tell me about your week i'll start with a voice note it is self-assessment tax return day (laughs) love it to you and i practice it with an attitude of gratitude i sit in my kitchen i light my george michael candle i have a little tea out of a mug that makes me happy And I truck on through the receipts. And yes, we all know it's not the most fun and scintillating and sexy of tasks. But what I do at the end of it is I am grateful for the fact that I earned money this year so that I'm able to pay tax. And that, my friends, is self-care. Nice. Now, I learnt this little tip from Dr. Syra. She always gives me great tips. She says every single bill that she opens and pays, she pays with gratitude. She writes the cheque or does the bank transfer and she says, thank you. Because whatever it is, whatever service it is, if it's a school bill or if it's a doctor's fee or whatever it is, she says, I'm grateful for whatever it was that I got that I'm paying for. I love that. She should never ever do it with resentment or bitterness. And 
you know, I had to work really hard to unpick the, oh, I'm so bad at money. How could I possibly learn how to pay tax? And I need to pay an accountant to do it. And one year when I started working, I thought, I'm going to try. I'm going to try and do this by myself. And Ollie was like, oh, my God, just let just let give, let my accountant do it. I thought, no, I want to try. And I did it. And it was fine. And now I feel really able and capable and confident in doing this for myself one day a year. So I make it like a special day. <laughs> I mean, you talked about it all I week. know, because I, it's like a big special day for me. Because you know what? It's something that makes me feel really capable. Oh, that's... And, and you, responsible. And you love feeling capable. I, it's your favourite thing. You're right. It is one of my favourite <laughs> things. So that was that. Um, I also did the exercise that Dan told us and wrote down how much we would need to earn per month for our dream, dream life. Um, I was quite surprised at how low it was. And then I thought, well, am I not asking for enough? Do I not want enough every month? And I thought, no. How low? I mean, mine was not low. Mine was pretty low. What, for all four of, all five of you? No, just for me. Oh. Just I, for me personally. I did it. Oh, I did it for the family. Okay, because he said, dream big, make it for you. Don't think about everyone else. But it's impossible because it... I'm including the mortgage in that. Okay. I'm including school fees in that. I wasn't. I was including my own overheads, my own bills that come in and out, okay. my own stuff, and also the things that I pay for every month and how much cushion I would like and wh how much extra I would like. And just to like check that app and be like, yeah, that's real healthy. Oh, I see. I did it differently. Okay. okay. Or maybe I'll, I'll do it again. I'm happy to, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> so what I realized was I'm not actually that far away from what I would really like. I'm a bit away from it, but I'm not, it's not like some cloud cuckoo dream. So that was nice. And it was a good exercise to do. Um, and after the interview that evening, I came home and we also sat down. I said to you, oh my God, we were like talking for an hour and a half in the kitchen. I was telling Ollie all about this interview with Dan and everything he said and the things that had struck me. And I would say it led to like one of the most open, interesting dialogues we've had about money in abstract for a really, really wow. long time. Wow. I actually messaged Dan to say, you opened up this whole thing this whole dialogue between us and it was, it was really good it was really like interesting and he said oh that's great that's kind of the point of it and the few things I said to Ollie he was like yeah I really resonate with that I really understand that and I said you know when he was talking about the flow and this and that that bits of it like really popped out at me um, and I said you know what I've realized is I have this association like I said on the podcast with money is power but I said actually when I really like get mucky in there. I don't actually think I want the responsibility of dealing with all the household finances. So this is what I'm saying, right? This is the like that light bulb moment of I actually don't want to manage our money. Yeah, I want to. Uh... You want to earn it and have it, but you don't want to be responsible for checking everything that's going in and out and 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 balancing the budget. Yes, I want to contribute towards yeah. the household and I yeah. do and I always have done Yeah, but I don't want to manage it. Yeah. And Adam's very comfortable managing it so that works very well for us. But you know, the thing is, I've obviously again told myself this narrative um, there's absolutely no way that I would be able to do that. Like, God forbid if I had to do this on my own, I'd never manage and I always think about my grandmother who met my grandfather when she was 11 and he was 14. Oh. I mean, they were together for over 60 Forever. years, yeah. for over 60 years. And when he died and she was in her 80s, she genuinely did not know how to write a check like my 18-year-old. And, and I've kind of fed myself this like, oh, Ollie deals with it, Ollie deals with it. But then what if, what if I had to? Well, I would. But you would because you're an intelligent right. woman and I'm, you're responsible and you're capable and you would. I know I would, but I feed myself the narrative, I'm not capable of dealing with this, but I am. So, yeah. So I have to stop that because that's my blocker is that if I earned lots of money, I'd have lots of power and therefore I'd be very responsible. But I could just take the strain off him a bit more, but also not have to be the one budgeting the household. I think the there's also something here about you have some sort of negative association with the word power. Yeah, I do. 
And I think Dan is using it in a different context to how you relate to it. Mm. So like, what does it mean to you, power? Mm. Control. Yeah. Mm. And he doesn't mean that. He's just like standing in all of your glory. Abundance. Yeah. Yeah. Stand in your truth, stand in mm. who you are, mm. in your mm. authenticity, in your beauty, in all of mm. it. That's mm. what he's talking about, mm. power. So I like that you had a reframe of it to freedom. You changed it to freedom, didn't yeah. you? Because that felt better. Yeah. It does feel better, much better. Yeah. Yeah. So all in all, not such a boring week as you thought we were going to have. It was not boring. It was very revealing. Mm. Let's Let's go to summary. Okay what worked being told things and having (laughs) things shone up to me to make me rethink my thought patterns and my attitude towards money our relationship with money yeah and he put the mirror up and he's like right let's look at this what does this really look like yeah and it's uncomfortable a little bit anything is to to anything you relate to Mm can be uncomfortable if you're willing to do the work i mean uncovering these running dialogues Mm. that are blockers basically Mm. blockers they limit us Mm. they stop money coming well we're talking about money this week they stop it they stop it coming in Mm. because we limit ourselves with i can't have that because Mm. or i don't deserve that because Mm. i mean there's also another one of like oh if i earn more money than adam it will change the dynamic of our relationship well it would it would and we had that conversation as part so did, of the chat. So did we. So did and we. And I said to him, "How? be honest with me. How would you feel about that? Would you feel emasculated? Would you feel like you still wanted to be Johnny Big Bullocks? And, you know, would you feel uncomfortable about it? And he said, being really, he said, look, being really transparent with you, I think it would depend on my frame of mind that day. He said, I think most of the time I'd be absolutely fucking delighted. That's what Adam said. And it would take a lot of pressure and That's stress off Adam me. That's what Adam said. That is, like, what, that please, is what he, he said. said. Please don't feel like you can't earn lots and lots of money because it's going to upset me. He's like, I won't be upset. Yeah, that's what Adam said. He said, but if I was having a particularly bad day, he said, would I sometimes look at the fact that you were earning a ton of money more than me and feel a little bit mm, niggly? He said, maybe, but don't let that prevent you from earning lots of money. And it was really nice to hear it yeah. come out of his Yeah. And he said it immediately. There wasn't any hesitation. Yeah. He said, I would love you to yeah. earn more money I, than I me. Need, I actually needed to so hear that. So did I. And mm. I really saw the look on his face and I said, do you think it would change the dynamic? He mm. goes, not from my side. He said, perhaps it would change how you relate to me. But yeah. I promise you from me, no. But I think it would. I think it would change in both directions a little. I said, you'd have to do the washing more. <laughs> well, you could pay someone else to do the washing more. And that's my dream life. I'm having a housekeeper anyway. Right. So yeah. it's fine. No one has to do the washing. Okay. Um, so uncovering these narratives. Mm. And I really, for anyone listening, I really invite you to look at your narratives to look at the stories that you're telling yourself to look at your blockers your excuses around your relationship with money because there will be some definitely because we all relate to money in what in some way or another and actually i loved what dan said when i said can you have a good attitude around money if you don't have any yeah and he said they're related yeah you don't have any because you don't have a good attitude i around mean that money. was a very whew, big thing to say wasn't it it's a jarring conversation, mm. but for the, all the right yeah. reasons. That's yeah. what I love about it. It's uncomfortable, it's mucky, but it's okay. And I think it's very easy to just go, that's boring, so I don't want to talk about it. But it's not boring. And that's fascinating. Yes. it's t- And that's what I've been doing, haven't oh, no, I? You, t- you totally have. And I've had to like coax you and cajole you and like roll you down the hill of let's have this conversation. We even had it in the car on the way here. Yeah. And I was like, it's boring. It's boring. I don't think we should do it. And it's not boring. It's totally fascinating, interesting, important. I it's just, just uncomfortable. I just want the clubbers. I don't want them to see the title self-care around finances and go oh that'd be a boring show because i think the more boring they think it's going to be the well, more they gonna, need to hear it we're not going to call it that okay we'll call it something sexy we're going to call it we're going to call it sexy money sexy sexy money time that's what we're going to call okay. it because we have to to get them to start listening to it because no one if i saw self-care around money i'd be like no thanks that is so dull i know i probably would too and then i'd feel like but i really should listen to it but i don't really want to no no and i don't want anyone coming into this podcast feeling like that okay so the big question is it coming in the club 
Yes. 100 million percent it's coming in the club. I mean, how much do you want Dan to come in the club? Dan is like (laughs) in the... We haven't had anyone in the VIP roped off area for a while have we but he's in there i think he's stuck with joe wicks isn't he he might be stuck with joe wicks <laughs> who else i think they'd get on he'd get on with rory yeah yeah dan totally totally in the club yeah, yeah i mean I what a gem he is a gem he's fabulous so thank you to dan mcginner for being our expert of the week he is going to be back on friday to give you your challenge of the week and then we are playing the full episode on sunday please make sure you tune in for that because it is nugget after nugget after nugget after nugget and honestly it has opened my whole world yeah he's very very charismatic around chatting about money manifesting he really so, is he really yeah is. don't miss that show it's a real good one and if you want to be in touch hello at selfcareclub.co.uk come find us on instagram at selfcareclubpod All of our links are in the show notes. Come and join our Facebook group and we will be back on Wednesday with a snippet show and then back on Friday for the epilogue. See you then. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.